Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have Marissa Zuito. She's a licensed therapist who specializes in pre and postpartum counseling. And she is talking about the 12 taboo postpartum truths, what you may need to know, but probably haven't been told. So just a little behind the scenes action. So I got a text from Lily who does a lot of our podcast work and she's like, Deb, what about the intros? And I thought, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Yesterday I taught a really great workshop teaching the postnatal student. And so here it is Sunday morning in the midst of two kids running around. My husband's making breakfast and I had to do these intros. So I thought let's bring the family in. So I think they wanted to say hi. Sage, you're going to say hi. Okay. Come here. Say hi. Hi. Shay, you're going to say hi. Bring your face right to the microphone. Hi. (laughs) So that's the chaos of the morning. All right. Before we get to the conversation and hopefully my kids will stay quiet. Oh, do you want to say hi to... No, my husband does not want to say hi. Just a few things going on. So we start our teacher training um, this week. I'm very excited. The New York City teacher training. And then, so that is full and about to start. Then we have a few spots left for our Charlotte, North Carolina at Yoga One. We still have, I think about eight spots left for the Washington DC. That's actually in the winter at Willow street yoga back in New York. We're already registering for the spring because we had such a full wait list for the fall. People grabbed their spots already for the spring back in New York. And then in the late spring, we'll be returning to yoga source in Richmond, Virginia. And the next year we have even more, I think we're going to Florida, possibly Atlanta. So really great things coming up. So check out about our teacher training on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. And I know you've heard me say this and you'll probably hear me for another podcast or so. We are moving our studio to a new location. And so to help with this big change, our new space, we have an iFund Women campaign. So if you're if it's possible for you to leave a donation, check out our website at ifundwomen.com forward slash projects forward slash changing dash lives dash one dash birth dash time, or just go to our website and you'll see a banner on our homepage and you can leave a donation with, if that's within your means. And for some people that's not. So I would ask you if you would be oh so kind to leave a rating and review at Apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. I think I hit all the things I want to talk to you. You heard my kids, you know what's going on here. Let's take a quick break and we come back. Enjoy the conversation. 12 taboo postpartum truths. Hi, Marissa. How are you? Great. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm thrilled to talk to you. So we are going to jump into 12 taboo postpartum truths. I'm really excited. I stumbled upon you. And as soon as I started reading more about what you do, I thought I got to reach out to this person. She really knows what she's talking about. So yay. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess let's jump in and just tell the community a little bit about yourself and your journey to this work. Sure. So I was a therapist first, and uh, six years ago, my uh, daughter was born, um, and it just it turned my world upside down more than I could have imagined. And um, I, you know, I I had known, as I think most moms, I know about postpartum depression, and I just kept grappling with it, and um, finally, kind of came to terms and started reading about it, and I just noticed it something was off. Something just didn't quite fit. And, um, part of my journey too, is that I, at some point kind of resigned to it and said, well, I must've just been embarrassed or in denial. So I must've had postpartum depression, but I kept at it and kept kind of researching and kept kind of grappling with it. And finally it's clear as day now that it it didn't quite fit because it, it didn't fit. And, um, part of my story is my struggle did lead to depression, but it started out with just regret and, oh my gosh, what have I done? And this is so hard and I miss my old life. And I think it's so important to put a name to something that may not be clinical. It may not be, it may not warrant a diagnosis. And I wish, um, I wish my work had been available. And, you know, that's, that's my journey, right? I wanted to write the very thing that I wanted to read at that time. Um, so, so with that being said, I have a, a book um, 
as well, postpartum happiness, what to do when you love the kids but hate the job, just to validate that this this isn't always snuggles and joy and wonderful, and it doesn't necessarily mean I have clinical postpartum depression. So what would you consider what you had? So the name that I put to it is, is postpartum regret, and it's just to validate that um, there may be struggle after having the baby as, you know, I, I see it like on a, on a continuum where there could be complete bliss and joy to a little bit of struggle. And I, I'm kind of daring to say I'm way on the end of the continuum that I'm having some clear regret. And I'm daring to say, and I still don't think this always falls under clinical postpartum depression. It can, and that's where it gets a little tricky. It can, but it can also be a standalone so how would you define, I guess, yeah, so most of us, we think about postpartum depression or, or under the umbrella of PMAD, um, perinatal yeah. mood and anxiety disorder. Right. So how would someone know where they are in that umbrella? Is it something that they need to speak with a professional about or is there, since you kind of yeah. coined the term, yeah. how does, and, and one might be feeling after they give birth, like this is much bigger than I was expecting. How do they know when they need help and what they're experiencing? That's a great question. And, um, you know, when it comes to getting support, to be honest, I'm, it it really shouldn't matter. And that kind it might sound, uh, I might be contradicting myself a little bit because the validation was so important to me. However, uh, if I'm struggling, uh, just, I, I would always say, get support, um, around that, whether it's a a professional or I, I do, um, coaching as well, which is, um, you know, the less, less clinical, more just coaching to help get that support that you need. Um, so yeah, what's the difference or how would somebody know? Um, I guess just go with your gut, um, and, and err on the side of getting help. And again, I might sound like I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but err on the side of getting support and reaching out. Yeah, I think that's always a good idea, especially for um, newer parents. Or, or you know, I've also actually, now that I say that, I think I'm going to take that back, not just newer parents. I've known some um, second, third time parents mm-hmm. that they realize like, ooh, this is a bigger change and they've had regrets. So let's not yeah. just you oh, know, plop that on, on the first. It's funny that right now my son's hanging out with my mother for a week. We only have one at home. And I'm like, oh, so this, and I'm thrilled to have two kids, but I'm saying like the moment (laughs) I'm like, oh, so this is what it's like with just one. Not that I regret having two, but, um, so that may come across, uh, hopefully not too crazy, (laughs) but it's just, you know, sometimes you don't know what to expect with multiple and that can maybe lead to that regret as well. So what kind of role, one thing I was thinking about and I, I feel this slightly just having said what I said is a little bit of shame. What, I just said. Oh. <laughs> what kind of role does shame play in postpartum regret? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, that was the, probably the dominant, um, feeling that I had was shame and embarrassment. And, and part of it was because I couldn't find what I was looking for, which is why I want to be that voice now. If, if I could have heard from another mom or had that name and said, oh, that's what I have and that fits, or, oh my gosh, hundreds of moms have had these feelings too. I'm not alone. Uh, and then, and that there are solutions and help. So yeah, that was, it was huge. And that's really why I'm so passionate about this work is if I can help remove some of that shame and embarrassment and, and say me too, I want to do that for another mom. And where do you think the shame is stemming from? Is it stemming from like, I feel like this should be different than it is or what are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, um, I think too, I, again, I didn't find a lot written about this topic. So if I look at postpartum depression and what's written, it addresses the, the chemical, it addresses, um, you know, the difficulties and all of that, but I never flat out kind of saw a professional or an article talk about lack of enjoyment or regret. And those are kind of the two things that I touch on. And I get it because it's taboo. Um, in fact, I had a professional, uh, we were going over the causes of postpartum depression. And I, and I said, what about a mom who just doesn't enjoy it? And, and her response was, that sounds kind of pathological. And then, and I think she kind of heard her own words and kind of retracted a little bit, embarrassed that she had said that and said, well, it sounds unnatural. So for me, it was like, wow, 
I'm, there must be something wrong with me then, right? That's what pathological or unnatural. So I, I felt, yeah, I felt unnatural. Um, I feel like a monster, to be honest. Yeah, you have this babe in your life, but I'm supposed to feel this way. So let's break down a little bit. So when you talked to the professional and she started to go over postpartum depression, can you throw some of the characteristics of postpartum depression? And because someone might read that, they might be looking online and be like, okay, I'm just not feeling myself. I'm not feeling like I enjoy this. And so they might look up postpartum depression. And if they don't relate to said list, right? what would the other side be? So let's go over what one might find under postpartum depression. And then what one might see if you were to list postpartum regret, what that would, sure. does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and they're, they're going to overlap. Yeah. Um, and I'm always, when I work with somebody, I'm just less worried about what, what it is, uh, which again, I sound silly cause it's like, I'm so passionate about coining this term. Um, I guess I take it further. So the postpartum depression, yeah, you're going to, you're going to see the depression, um, you know, maybe the lack of bond, very similar, but, but I just kind of say the things you're not supposed to say, like, are you feeling like you made a mistake? Are you, are you missing your old life? Um, you know, are you, are you feeling, are you feeling regret? Are you, um, finding that there's, that there's no joy. So I guess I just take it a little further. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and, it, and it gets, it gets a little hairy. Um, and I, I'm going to repeat myself again. I would just err on the side of don't worry about what category it falls under, but get, get that support that you need, whether it's, you know, a mental health professional or a coach. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hanna Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. It's funny that you say about the missing your own life. My kids are um, five and eight and I love them, but I still miss my own, my old life sometimes. And it's not that I actually want to go back, but who doesn't miss something they were used to? Or maybe, maybe sure. I have postpartum regret and realize it, but yeah. I, there's times, especially on the weekend, my husband and I are like, do you remember the days <laughs> on a Sunday when we could just lay in, and we did this, like we, we would like a cold, cold Sunday in New York. And we're like, and we just, we, we, um, marathon watched lost and ordered yeah. through like, Yep. I mean, who doesn't miss those? We're like, like running to the farmer's market and be like, guys, have all the time in the world. Is that, is that normal? <laughs> oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. And and again, if we look at that continuum, you know, um, I could miss my old life and just be so overjoyed with my newborn. But for me, I just, I didn't have that bond with my baby, which I, which we can talk about too. I didn't, I didn't know that could happen. I did not know that a mother may not bond right away. I had no idea. And, and so I was just in shock, like, oh my gosh. So, so put, add that piece to the puzzle. I miss my old life and I have no bond. <laughs> like I really miss my old life. It's not even like I had, well, you know, now I have this. It's like if I could go in a time machine, so what did, would have. When you didn't feel that bond, what did you do to try to create that bond? You know, I, I think, um, honestly, if I were to work with a mom that was worried about it, I, I would just say lean into trusting that it will happen and reassure her that the baby's bonded to her. Um, I think if we start getting into tips, it, it, it to me, it's kind of like, to me, there's an air of like, it's your fault mm-hmm. and let's fix this. And if you just do more eye contact and more of this, which is kind of what I got into. And it's like, no, it's okay. It will happen. And, you know, maybe get some help, get someone else that can really engage with the baby. Um, I mean, it depends. It varies. You know, if someone's in bed all day, of course we want to, we want to help with that. But I guess, without having a specific situation, I would say lean into trusting that it will come. It will come. 
So let's start to jump into your 12 taboo postpartum truths and not just hitting those, but if you can, along as we hit those 12, offer some solutions. I know they don't necessarily, as you mentioned, like they don't have to be tips, but just some ideas that if someone is feeling this, just some other side. Yeah. So, so some of the tips then that I would recommend, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say get help. Um, yeah. So for, for me, um, I had a a colicky baby, which just translated into a baby that's, you know, crying a lot. Um, I had no bond. I had difficulties breastfeeding and it was primarily me every day, all day. And I felt, I felt trapped. I felt that regret. And so I wish I had gotten some help any way I could. I really invite my moms to get creative, um, even um, financially. You know, if, if there's a hard stop with we don't have money, I might explore. It might be worth the investment. Um, so taking a break and just loving myself and saying it's okay. It's okay that I'm not loving this right now. In fact, um, there was a, a coworker of mine who said it best. Uh, she was, we had kind of crossed paths and she was, saw a picture of my baby and we didn't know each other that well, but she had asked, well, how, you know, how is that? How was your baby? And how was that for you? And for some reason, I just was very blunt and honest. I said, it's horrible. <laughs> and she stopped dead in her tracks and said, I hear you. I had the same problem and we just talked and talked and talked. But I remember her, I remember she, I think she had asked about my bond and I said, I, she's just screaming. It's horrible. She said, me too how can you bond with a baby that's screaming like that all the time? And I said, oh, thank you. That felt so good to hear. So with going back to the get the help piece, I put all this pressure on myself that I'm supposed to love this. I'm her mom. I'm supposed to have these soothing, nurturing moments with this screaming baby, and they're not happening. I wish in hindsight I had said, this is hard. This is really hard. Why am I doing this on myself? Why am I putting this on myself? Here, someone else take the screaming baby for a couple hours. I'm going to take care of myself and that's okay. And I think, um, I think there could have been more joy in, in that, right? If I had taken more time for myself and then come back to her, but I put it all on myself. So get help any way you can get creative and, and let go of the guilt that, that you're supposed to do it, do it all yourself, especially if it's a challenging baby. I think just having a newborn that has no uh, issues, it's still going to be challenging. Add on that, you know, the colic or the breastfeeding issues or whatever issues are there, then it just makes it extra hard. So getting help would be one tip. Did you feel, and I, I can't take this from the stories my mom told me, my, my brother, who's actually older, wasn't around then, was colicky. And... Mm-hmm. I think it created a bit of resentment that really mm-hmm. hindered their relationship. I, I just think yeah. they got off to a really rocky start. So when some, how do you not create yeah. resentment? Like, is that even, yeah. does that make any sense? It does. It does. I think, um, I think the resentment's going to be there again when I'm making it up that it's all on me or, um, I don't, I don't get a break. If I had had all the, you know, if I had had like a nanny 24 seven, which I'm sure I had embarrassment about that or financial restraints, but in hindsight, if I had had that, um, I would have had breaks. I would have, I would have had even an, an adult companion, um, you know, maybe a wonderful, lovely soul that just knew babies and knew moms that could come in and help me and help, help, help me with the baby. So I think for me, um, the resentment is honestly when I continue to do things I don't want to be doing, right? Like I'm almost, the resentment maybe is towards myself that I'm making it up that I have to do this and I, and I don't. I'm going to dive a little bit in a different direction. So let me know if this is not where you want to go, but (laughs) did any resentment start to go to your partner? Be like, Hey, you're back at work. (laughs) I'm with this colicky baby. I'm not liking you right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Well, because it's like my world turned upside down and his didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think the solution there is again, if, if it's like I was drowning, right. And, um, and he's in the boat 
sipping a margarita, so to speak, <laughs> right? So if I had if I had figured out how how can I also get in that boat with him, right? And that would have been help or a nanny. And you know, and it's it's also to not feeling like a monster. Um so that would be that would be another tip too is getting that validation, getting that support. You're you're okay. You're okay for feeling this way. Or or better yet, of course you feel this way, right? You have no bond. You're having all these difficulties. Of course you're feeling this way, right? That would have felt like, oh, thank goodness, right? And there's hundreds of moms, maybe probably thousands, that feel this or have felt this way. Um, so if I could have figured out a way to get in the boat with him, <laughs> I would have hated him less and I wouldn't have had resentment towards my baby or my husband. So I think that's what it boils down to when I'm drowning, when I'm depleted, when I'm overwhelmed, I, I don't like anyone or anything. Right. And when I, when I increase my self-care and figure out how to get help, then I, I have, I, I don't want to say rose colored glasses, but my glasses have a different tint on them, right? That I can see the world a little better. Mm-hmm. Does that, that make sense? That totally makes sense. So let's yeah. keep plowing through it. So let's review. We have, what are the first few taboos that we've hit? So we can keep making sure we get all 12. Oh goodness. Okay. I, I, I didn't have it in front of me. <laughs> so, um, I talk about, uh, the birth experience, um, may not go the way you think. And that, that happened to me. Um, the, Lack of bond, had no idea that that could happen. I talk about breastfeeding challenges. I talk about um, having a colicky baby or challenging baby, difficult baby. And I think, um, well, I don't know. I want to say I think I knew that could happen, but maybe I didn't, right? Maybe I didn't fully understand or know that that could happen. Um, regret, I talk mm-hmm. about that you, you might experience regret, whether it be a moment or lasting a long time. Um, and then missing, missing your old life. I didn't expect that to happen. The reason why is because I thought well, this is, I want this. I'm happy. I'm pregnant. I want this. I'm going to love it. I never, I never thought about missing my old life because I was simply making an addition to my life. The same way I got married. Um, I was thrilled. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm with this man now every day, you know? Um, and that's how I thought having a baby would be. That's this addition to my life. Yeah. And if I'm really being honest, it, it took away in so many ways. All right. Great. So let's start to go over. I know you hit a couple, but let's start to organize it into the 12 taboo postpartum truths and the solutions. Perfect. So the, the first one is um, the birth that you want and prepared for may not go as planned. And, you know, to some extent, I knew this. I, I understood about C-sections. I didn't think that, um, and I didn't have a C-section, but, um, you know, things that I kind of knew about, but I was still shocked and disappointed when things didn't go the way I wanted on on my birth plan. So um, I think just just realizing that you're not alone if you feel disappointment that it didn't go the way you wanted. And, um, and I wish I had approached it with a more, more surrendering attitude. And I think it's okay too, to talk about it and process it. Um, I think the, the taboo part is, well, you have a healthy baby, right? And we go straight there. Well, it's a yes. And yes, I have a healthy baby and I'm still disappointed that the birth didn't go the way I wanted. And I want to talk about it and I want to be validated. And that, that happened to me. Um, and I wish I had had that validation and, and kind of processed it a little bit more because I had this birth plan and it didn't go that way. So that's the, that's the first one. Yeah. That comes up a lot in class and with our teacher trainees. So I teach a teacher training and we want to make sure that because so many people, they're uncomfortable hearing someone else's discomfort. So like, oh, but if they have this happy baby. So one of the things that we really stress is to hold the container for someone while we're not therapists. Well, you are, but the rest of us (laughs) in my training are not. We're not therapists, but again, it's so invalidating. So just if someone's like, it was really hard, I hear you. Yes. You know, so I think that I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is, I think society just blankets over that. And then women suffer more. Yeah. All right, keep plowing forward. 
Okay. Uh, the second one is that uh, a bond may not happen right away with your baby. And I really, I really had no idea. I had seen all the baby commercials, all the movies where, you know, the, the mom is in tears and, and it's just magical. And I felt numb. Um, and they have what's called the golden hour where your baby's placed on your chest and it's supposed to be, you know, that golden magical hour. Well, she screamed and she just had this scream that was like, you could hear it from across the football field and did that for the entire hour. And I, th- I was just in shock, um, honestly. And I didn't feel what I thought I was going to feel or what you're quote unquote supposed to feel, which is just that love and, and adoration. So um, second taboo truth is that you may not bond and, and that happens. I, I wish I knew I've kind of researched and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's different professionals pointing to different things, but mostly what I've come across is they don't quite know. And if anything, they just want to say it, it happens. It's okay. And the bond will come. That's good that you're assuring people. Cause I'm sure there's many people that are listening right now that they, they don't feel bonded. So I think it's important yeah. to know that it will come. Yeah, right, absolutely. Let's keep going. Okay. The third one is that uh, some babies are easy and some are difficult and you may get the latter. And I know that sounds obvious, but um, I just, I just felt really ill-prepared for what I was about to embark on. And just kind of knowing that babies do have different temperaments um, and, and different things that can come up. So um yeah, just just to kind of be in that club that's saying I have a difficult baby and I and I need to talk about it and I'm not enjoying it and it's awful uh, and doesn't make me a bad mom. It makes me human actually. Um, yeah, so just just knowing that um, some babies are going to be difficult and that's some, okay. And they might grow up to be difficult children too. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yep. And that it's not your fault as a parent if that's yes. what happens. Yeah. All right, keep moving forward. So breastfeeding challenges happened with me, and um, I I think I just, I, you know, I hate to be hard on myself, but I think I was a little naive in just that, you know, everything's going to go great, right? I'm going to have a great birth experience. I'm going to have these soothing moments with my baby, and I'm going to breastfeed, and it's going to be great and wonderful, and it wasn't, and I wish, um, it's not that I, that I wanted to be prepared with, oh, doom and gloom, but just to have been a little bit more prepared to know that, that these things might happen, uh, which is, you know, the, the subtitle of this article, uh, what you may need to know, but probably haven't been told. And so just to know that there's, there's a, a number of breastfeeding challenges that can happen. They may not. Um, but I just, I just thought it's natural and easy and wonderful. And, and it wasn't any of those things. Um, and there is support, available lactation consultants. Um, but it's also good to get support from other moms again saying, yeah, me too. I had a difficult time or, or even, you know, moms that let it go, uh, not cause they have to, but because it's, it's just too much, you know, maybe they want their freedom back. Um, yeah. yeah so breastfeeding just- definitely is a responsibility and it's, you know, it's time, it's organizing one's schedule. It's, is, you know, we often see like, oh, it's just, you know, there's your breast and there's the baby, but it definitely <laughs> yeah. takes, you know, for many pumping and being available. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a commitment. But as you were talking about getting support and finding other parents that are in the same oh, boat, yeah. but what about the, so we often recommend, we have a new mom support group, we have a breastfeeding support group, but what about when you do look for support, yeah. but you don't you don't, you find other people, but they yeah. may not be experiencing what you're experiencing. I, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I made that mistake. So I went to like a little baby gymboree class and I'm sitting around the room. And, uh, I think the question that was asked is what do you, what do you most like to do with your baby or something? And I'm just drowning. I'm miserable. And everyone's going around the circle with smiles on their faces. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is just making it worse, right? Because now I really feel crappy about myself. So a couple things I would say. One, um, I really think it's important to do like, like a postpartum, which, you know, 
I'm talking about postpartum regret, but still a postpartum depression or postpartum support group where moms are struggling. The reason I think this is so important is because I think there is that shame and embarrassment. So it's not that I want to be in a let's complain about this club. I want to be in, I'm not a, I'm not alone in this club, right? I'm, I'm okay. I'm normal. I'm human. Um, and yeah, so, so finding other moms that are struggling, I think, you know, social media, I think can help too. I know it can go both ways, but I've actually found a lot of great postpartum depression Facebook groups, um, or the fussy baby Facebook group. So I think someone who just wants to kind of look online, um, and look to see what some of the other struggles that other moms are having. I think that can be great too. I would also invite to get out and do things that actually bring you joy. I don't know that this baby Jimbery class that I cared for <laughs> that much, you know, maybe I got to find, you know, maybe a, a water class because I enjoy being in the water for my baby or um, I think it's okay to pause and think, well, what do I want? You know, I think I was so quick to say, well, the baby needs this or the baby should do this. Well, I actually think it could be a win-win. Um, so as we're going out and trying to meet people, I would start with, well, what, what kind of people do you want to meet? What kind of moms? And maybe find those types of moms because we're not going to fit with every group of mom. And then that can tie back into if you're missing some of your pre-baby life, find yeah. a part of that pre-baby life that can move forward. Yeah. So if you like the water, that's part of your pre-baby life. You're like, great, yeah. we're taking a swimming class because eventually you need to swim and get used to it. But more importantly, I like to swim. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that. There, yeah. And, and there was actually a, um, a mops group mothers of preschoolers that I had found and it was in the evening. And so it was actually without the children and they had wine. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> so my point is I could have joined this little singing mommy baby dance group. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying for me, that probably wouldn't have been a fit. And then all of a sudden I'm finding this evening mom group with wine without the baby. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with continuing that search. I, you know, I say find your tribe if singing or making crafts or if some of that just isn't quite your vibe, keep searching. I promise you will find the moms that are more, more like you. That's why at my studio, we offer a baby and me class, which is an hour and the babies are very integrated and there's singing, there's yoga. So it's a baby and me yoga class. So it's yoga yeah, with yeah. baby singing, moving, moving the baby up and down. Yeah. And then there's a postnatal yoga class. That's actually what I teach and I love. And yeah. babies are invited. So you don't yeah. have to have a babysitter, yeah. but they are not the focus. And nice. it's for the new parent to enjoy their practice again. And I'd say a good third of the class shows up without their baby because yeah. it's their time. So you can have, that's why we want to have both. So some people want to sing and move and do, you know, baby cobra hissing at their baby. And then some people want to bring their babies again, not have to pay for childcare, but really the focus is back on them. Yeah. So I found yeah. that was important, a way to offer self-care with options. All right, Absolutely. let's keep plowing through. Cause I okay. love these. These are so important. I think people just need to hear these yeah. so they don't feel, we go back to that idea of shame. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So that segues perfectly into the next one, which is that the job may suck. And I'm very, <laughs> very blunt with that. Um, and I'm very blunt with that because, again, I want to err on the side of being very, very honest and blunt so that another mom maybe feels a sigh of relief, like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. So I think the myth for me was that I'm going to love motherhood. And I, I knew, you know, I knew, okay, there's going to be some uh, sleepless nights. I, I knew all that, but it was just, it was too much all at the same time, too many things going wrong. Um, maybe a lot of expectations. Um, uh, but for me just day in and day out, if I'm really being honest, it was like, this is not fun. And so, so I'm going to tie in kind of the solution, which I, I guess I really did talk about, but get help, you know, get, get the help that you need. A mom, it does not have to do this, all by herself, or it could be the dad too. I don't mean to leave out dads. Um, but yeah, just, just realizing 
And that ultimately, that's what led led to the depression. I don't think I started out with it. I think I was like, this this sucks. I have regret. I want my old life back. And just day in and day out feeling like crap and continuing to do a job that just wasn't very rewarding. There was nowhere else for me to feel but depressed. So um, it, it, it there's yeah, I talk about this again, but there's that continuum of an enjoyment. And some moms may absolutely love it for what for various reasons. And you may fall on the continuum of, I don't love this. Um, and that's okay. And, and it will, it, of course, you know, it's going to get easier, but I would just say, get, get the help that you need to take that break breaks. (laughs) So for you, and I know I'm kind of, um, again, diverting from continuing the list, what was the turning point or was there a turning point? Are they a lot of little turning points? A lot. Yeah. A lot of little turning points. I think it was, um, reintegrating aspects of my life back. So getting that sense of freedom. Um, oh, and yeah. And then, and then removing that shame piece, it it really was my own dedication to this work that I started researching and figuring out, okay, postpartum depression isn't quite fitting. What is this? And coming upon stumbling upon like postpartum regret, but finding all these other moms who also had this. So realizing, wow, I'm not alone and this is important and we need to talk about this. So that was a lot of my own healing. Um, and then, yeah, finding my old life that I loved, finding that back. And for me, and, and this will fit for some and it won't fit for others. It was realizing that, um, there's a lot of things about motherhood I don't enjoy. And I think one child is going to be enough. So I made a decision for myself to have one. It's not to say that I could have a totally different experience with a second, um, but it's a crapshoot. We don't know. Right. And I think even if, even if everything went great, you know, I've got this amazing bond and I'm breastfeeding and the baby's super easy. I still think I would find some heavy challenges with motherhood. So I just think for me, honoring my truth and trusting that what my daughter and my husband need is a happy mom and a happy wife. So I made the decision um, to have one. And I know a lot of moms are in a similar boat where they, where they are having, not having, but they're wanting to make this decision as well. And it's a bit of an identity crisis because I didn't start out this way. I, I just thought, well, I'm going to probably have two or three children. It's going to be great. <laughs> I was going to actually, that was my follow-up as you were saying that, like, did this, was that a, a challenge that to accept or was there, oh, was it, yeah. was it a surprise even? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was, yeah, it was devastating. Um, because I just, it just didn't, it didn't fit my pictures, my childhood pictures when I'm playing with my baby dolls, you know, um, it was a tough decision and my husband wants more kids. So that's really heavy on me. And I live in an area, um, that is very, very family focused. So I'm probably more the minority. Um, but yeah, it just was realizing that my, yeah, again, that my family, they needed a, a happy happy mom and a happy wife above all else. But yeah, it was a difficult decision. And I'm glad that you said that because I think that is probably again, something others can relate to the idea that we had agreed when we got married or when we decided to start a family, whether you're married or not, that we were going to have a a boat full of kids. But yet here I am knowing that if I go down that path, I'm going to slowly kill the person I am inside, not necessarily outside, but, and be a shell on the outside while fulfilling this picture. So I think it's fantastic that you open that up. Cause I think a lot of people might be thinking that or feeling that or or living that here I am, I'm fulfilling what I said. And yet inside I'm kind of numb. So thanks for being brave enough to go there. I I think too, if I can, if I can just touch on uh, the difference too, between like a, like clinical, uh, a postpartum mood disorder versus the postpartum regret. So I remember kind of reading um, towards the end of many books, you know, what to do when you, when and if you have a second child, right? And and that fear of, will I get postpartum depression again? And for me, because I couldn't identify with like having this disease, so to speak, I it's like I just knew I don't enjoy this the way I thought I would. 
And so for me, it was, it wasn't like a fear of, will I get this mental illness again? It was more of, no, I'm, I'm naming, I don't love my role as a mom. And so it's not that fear of, will I, it's like, no, I kind of know this is how I feel about it. And that, and that was, that was a piece that was missing too. Um, that it, that I don't, I don't enjoy it the way I thought. And that's okay. It really is okay. And I can make a decision for my family to have one. And then everyone's happier. (laughs) Good. Let's keep going forward. So where are we in the list? So number seven, um, I don't, yeah. So, so I guess the truth here is that you're not alone. Um, this is kind of more of a tip, but just to say to moms that you're not alone with what you're feeling. I promise. Um, this goes back to the shame. I just, I felt like the scum of the earth. So let's hear number eight. Okay. So number eight is, um, that your husband will offer to help, let him, and don't try to control how he does it. So kind of what I, what I talk about is, um, just some of the mistakes that I made that my husband really did try and help, but I got in my own way or tried to rescue him if the baby was crying or controlled how he did it. And so what I invite is just, if he offers to help, just say yes and thank you. And that's it. Um, you're not, not um, here, just let me do it, or you're not doing it right, or you need to hold the baby like this. So, um, yeah, just being mindful not to get in your own way and allow your husband and other people to help kind of relinquish control around that. Yeah, I find that, I found that a little challenging. I'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> and I like things. And I think a lot of people that happens are used to calling the shots and being highly organized and there's nothing like a baby to throw chaos into one's schedule. So maybe, I mean, that, I think this is coming up when you're one of your taboos, but do you have any suggestions for how to relinquish control and asking for help? (laughs) I think it's just practice, honestly. Um, just experiment, just see what would happen, right? What would happen if I didn't rush in the second the baby starts crying or, um, you know, what would happen if I remember, um, you know, in the, in back in the day, like I might tell my husband what to feed her or, you know, control. And then the day I decided I was going to relinquish control, which he didn't like that anyways, no one likes to be told what to do. I would come home and he would share with me what, what she did eat. And it was a brand new food that I would have never thought. So I think, um, just experiment, see, see what would happen. What would happen if I relinquish that control? You might be pleasantly surprised or you might, um, for me, sometimes it's, it's, you know, the cost benefit analysis. So, okay, I'm not in charge and maybe my daughter is mismatched with what her clothes are wearing, but I got time away and that was more important than her having matched clothes or eating the healthiest of snack. Great. All right. So that was it. What is nine? So expect to feel out of control for a while. I I see this a lot with the clients I work with, and it's exactly what I felt is I had a bit of a type A personality. So um, up until this point, and I had my daughter later in life, I think it was 35 or 36. And so I had had a pretty good sense of achievement in my life. And if I, you know, follow directions, if I reduce my calories and exercise, I'll lose weight. If I study for the test, I'll get a good grade. And in this particular case, I had no control, right? I took the, I took the birthing classes and I still didn't have the, the birth that I wanted. I'm reading and doing everything I can to be this great mom. And I still have this crying, colicky baby. So I know that for a lot of moms who have this sense of, achievement, um, or control, having a baby that is somewhat difficult, it just shakes their world. And that's, that's how I felt. Um, and again, just wanting to validate and normalize that we're all doing the best we can and it's okay. And there, there, there might be some solutions such as relinquishing control or, um, getting help taking breaks. So yeah, just expect that you might feel out of control for a while, which is not a pleasant feeling. No. All right, let's keep going. Okay. Um, so number 10, this is kind of a, a solution, but um, 
finding your way to be a good mom and trying not to compare. So um, there's so much information out there these days and so many ways to compare ourselves as moms. And I would just invite uh, finding what works for you that may not work for another or might even be, you know, taboo. Um, but it's okay to it's okay to find our enjoyment as a, as a mom, um, which may include screen time or it may include uh, doing an activity that I like as well. Like I said, the swimming versus something I think only she should do. Um, so yeah, I also say too, um, I invite moms, if you're going to compare, try and compare up. So what I mean by that is um, if you're feeling bad that you aren't able to take care of your baby or kids alone and you're making comparisons to your mom or another mom, so-and-so can do it, why can't I? I always invite, well, find the mom who has a full-time nanny and still stays home, right? And compare to her, right? And so it's like, it's like there's always going to be a mom that has a lot of help. Why don't we compare to that mom? So there, if we're going to make a comparison, compare it in our favor is what I say. My husband and I always laugh that when we go out to eat and if there's like some other kid having a tantrum, we actually feel validated. We're like, yes, we are not the only ones. Like <laughs> exactly. I never judge that family. I'm not like, oh my God, your kid is screaming. I'm like, it is actually surprised that it's not ours. So <laughs> I think if you're going to yeah. compare, like, yeah, use it not use it to make yourself feel better and be like, we are all in the same boat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're not alone. We just got to find the right, other right screaming people child. to make us feel better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number 11, I pretty much talked about this, um, but just, just the idea that you might feel regret and it doesn't mean you're a monster at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's just so, so taboo. I never really came across that in any of the literature that I read. Um, and I think we're quick. I, I think too, if we hear a mom talk about regret, we're so quick to say, oh, she must have postpartum depression and she might, but again, it might just be a standalone. She might not. And, and we don't, I, I think, I think it's important not to be so quick to go to a diagnosis. I think we're, our quick response should be, oh my gosh, that's, I get it. If you do, you know, I get it. That sounds really hard. Um, and I get why you might be feeling that way and you're not alone. Uh, there's plenty of moms who again, have a moment or even for me, it wasn't a moment. It was a, a very, it lasted a long time, but, um, that it does happen. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're a monster. It means you're human. And for some, it could be situational. It could be like right now at this moment, it's really challenging. And then, then maybe it could shift into not. So oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Counting on that change. Yeah. And I would say too, um, if the regret continues to last for a long time, um, we, yeah, that, I, I would definitely invite, let's start looking at solutions. Um, I want to, I want to normalize and validate regret, but I don't want anyone ever to get stuck there. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's part of what I do. Let's, let's validate it. It's okay. You're normal. You're not alone. And let's get you out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that you don't feel that regret. And I have, I have zero regret for my daughter. Um, but again, I, based on what I experienced, I made some decisions, difficult decisions, like I said, to only have one or to kind of rearrange my life so that I feel fulfilled and happy. Um, I don't feel that regret, but, but my life and the way I parent may look very different than what I thought or what, what I'm comparing to other moms. So kind of navigating motherhood so that you don't feel that regret. Mm -hmm. And what is the final taboo? The final one is, is that you may need some support and it's available and it's okay. And it's worth the investment. So I know for me, I was uh, embarrassed. I was, I I was actually kind of mad too. I was mad that this is what motherhood was for me. Um, And it just, it stopped me from really reaching out and getting that support. And I wished I had uh, reached out to, again, it it can be a postpartum therapist. And I, and I really would, would say somebody that knows postpartum. I would not just blanket look at a list of therapists. I really would make sure they understand postpartum, whether it is that postpartum regret or whether it is a a postpartum mood and anxiety disorder. Um, But yeah, I think the last thing I expected after having my baby was that I was going to be going to therapy or 
or needing support. And so just just letting moms know you might, you might, and that's okay. And it is absolutely available. And there's so many online resources too, uh, such as myself, the postpartum coaching, or there's telemedicine. Um, there's a lot of different platforms now where you can do video. Um, yeah, there's a lot of online options too, if you can't get it locally. Yeah. Luckily in New York city, we've got the motherhood center, which is a fantastic center that really embodies, um, day programs and support groups. We're really fortunate. All right. When we take, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, if you can offer one tip or piece of advice, it doesn't have to be about, um, postpartum regret or anything. It's be whatever's popping in your head, one tip or piece of advice for new or expectant parents. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So what popped in your head? So uh, tips for, um, for, any, for postpartum regret. Um, i trying to think. So it I could tried be to anything. Getting, it could be yeah. anything from your six years as a parent. Yeah. I would say um, the biggest is just get that validation. Know that you're not alone. Uh, if your postpartum experience isn't matching up to what you thought or expected, reach out, find, find other moms, um, read my book, (laughs) (laughs) um, get this article, just, just know, just know that you're not alone and know that there are, there is a way to redefine motherhood. I think I got so, um, caught up in what a quote unquote good mom does that I was kind of going through the motions. And now I really question, well, why am I doing that? right? And is that really what I want to be doing? And is that really serving me and my daughter? Maybe it's not. So I think redefining what motherhood can look like that, that is a win-win. I like that a lot. And where can people find your work? So my, um, my website is postpartumhappiness.com. My Facebook and Instagram is postpartumhappiness. And um, I, have a, I have a blog um, I have the free article, 12 Taboo Postpartum Truths, and uh, there's information there on my book, which is a very quick read, uh, just meant to validate a mom and offer some solutions. This is great, and I'll make sure I have all of this in our show notes. Thank you so, so much for giving me some of your time today, because I think these taboos are something that people need to hear, whether they're in it or whether they're pregnant and might be heading into mm-hmm. this. I think it's just really important to take parenthood off a pedestal Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that it could be a little bit messy. Yes, exactly. I like that. Well, thank you for your time. Enjoy your day. Thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.